What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CPA Zone, the podcast where we discuss tax strategies and accounting tips for entrepreneurs and real estate investors. My name is Ryan Pulis, and our company, The Pulis Group, offers tax planning and advisory services for entrepreneurs like you. Whether it's bookkeeping, tax planning, or CFO services that you're looking for, we've got you covered. Hi, everybody. Ryan Pulis here with another episode of the CPA Zone. This episode is brought to you by the Pulis Group, a tax and accounting firm specializing in tax planning and advisory services for small business owners and real estate investors. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the taxation of virtual currencies and cryptocurrencies. First, let's go over a few definitions. So virtual currency is defined in IRS Notice 20, 2014-21. And it defines virtual currency as a digital digital representation of value that functions as a medium of exchange, a unit of account, and or a store of value. The next definition is convertible virtual currency. This is defined as a virtual currency that has an equivalent value in real currency, such as Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a value that's expressed in U.S. dollars. This notice 2014-21 goes on to define cryptocurrency as a type of virtual currency that utilizes cryptography to secure transactions that are digitally recorded on a distributed ledger, such as a blockchain. Units of cryptocurrency are often referred to as coins or tokens. If this gets a bit confusing, don't worry, because I myself tend to use the terms virtual currency and cryptocurrency interchangeably. So a lot of people don't really pay a lot of attention to the specific details, but the IRS does, so it's good to know. How does the IRS view virtual currency? Is it a stock or bond, or is it treated more like a gold coin? The IRS actually considers virtual currency as property, and the same goes for cryptocurrency. So it's more like land than a stock or bond. There's no favorable treatment for options or stock splits or grants when it comes to virtual currency. There's also no wash sale rules, at least as of the time of this recording in August 2023. The Build Back Better Act was set to change that and make virtual currency subject to the same wash sale rules that apply to stocks, but that didn't end up passing, at least not in that form. So currently there's still no wash sale rules. At some point, it might be a safe bet to say that wash sale rules will apply to virtual currency and cryptocurrencies. But at this point, you don't have to worry about that. So virtual currency is also not treated as a currency. So there's no foreign currency gain or loss to deal with. There are tax consequences when virtual currency is sold or exchanged or whenever it's used to purchase and pay for goods and services. So how is it taxed? Is it ordinary income, capital? Well, that depends. If the virtual currency is a capital asset in the hands of the taxpayer, then the gain or loss is capital. Short-term capital gains are taxed just like ordinary, or they're taxed at ordinary rates. So short-term capital gains are capital assets owned one year or less, and long-term capital gains are owned for more than one year, which are taxed at lower preferential rates, generally 15 or 20%, depending on income level. Sometimes you can get a 0% capital gains rate. So generally assets held for investment are capital assets. If you're buying Bitcoin to hold for appreciation purposes, and you're not spending it, that's a capital asset. So it's generally going to be subject to the capital gain and loss rules and tax rates. 
inventory and other properties sold to customers in a trader business are not capital assets and that will result in ordinary income. So if you own virtual currency as an investment, you have a capital asset. If you sell goods, goods or services in exchange for virtual currency, then you're dealing with ordinary income. And that income is equal to the fair market value of the virtual currency at the time of sale. So how do we determine the fair market value? When virtual currency is sold, exchanged, used to purchase goods or services, or otherwise converted, the fair market value of the virtual currency at the date of disposition becomes the selling price. When a taxpayer receives virtual currency in exchange for goods or services, that taxpayer must include in gross income the fair market value of the virtual currency as of the date of the transaction. So if the virtual currency is listed on an exchange established by market supply and demand, such as Coinbase, you can use the exchange rate as of the date of as of the date of the transaction. You must use a reasonable manner that's consistently applied. So you can't go shopping different exchanges. You want to stay consistent with how you're applying the rates. You don't want you can't pick and choose. So let's look at a couple examples. Example one: Tyrion buys one thousand dollars of Ethereum in twenty seventeen. He sells it for $3,000 in 2020 and reports a $2,000 long-term capital gain on his 2020 tax return. Example two, Jon Snow owns Castle Rock Microbrews, which sell craft beers for $10 a pint. He accepts USD or Bitcoin. In this case, Jon sells one pint while Bitcoin's equal to $50,000 and he receives 0.0002 Bitcoin. John has ten thousand or John has ten dollars in ordinary income from the sale. One month later, when the bitcoins equal to sixty thousand dollars, John exchanges his point zero 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 two bitcoin for USD. He'll have a short term capital gain of two dollars. So that's point zero 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 two times sixty thousand, which equals twelve dollars. Minus from that, the ten thousand from the original pricing when when he received the bitcoin. And that is valued at 50000 that gives us a difference of two. So his $2 is a short-term capital gain. So you can see that it's similar to selling goods for cash, except you have to determine the market value of the Bitcoin and USD at the time of sale. And you have taxable gain or loss later when exchanging or using that Bitcoin. So now let's talk about mining and staking. You may have heard of mining cryptocurrency. A simple way to think of that is the creation of new coins or blocks on a blockchain. Virtual currencies compensate those who use their computers and knowledge to record and track the blockchain transactions. Usually this is performed by solving complex computational math problems. The taxpayer can program their computers to solve these problems and receive payment in the form of virtual currency. This generates taxable income. If you're doing this on a regular and continuous basis, the activity will rise to the level of a business and you'll also be subject to self-employment tax, that's Social Security and Medicare taxes. If the activity is only a hobby, then it's taxed at ordinary rates, but there's no self-employment tax. So the fair market value of virtual currency on the date of receipt is the amount included in income. Future sales of the virtual currency will be taxed as capital gains, either short-term or long-term, depending how long you've held the virtual currency. Staking is similar to mining in a way. It's a way of earning a percentage rate rewards for holding certain virtual currencies. So you're not creating new currency but you're holding existing virtual currency, I guess it's more close to interest income. So and it's also taxed like interest income at ordinary rates. Sometimes staking will give you rights to mine virtual currency rather than rewarding with your interest rate rate. So maybe you, you are allowed to mine rather than being paid interest. So that's why I kind of lump it in here with the mining activities. 
uh, if you are given the rights to mine, then you want to refer back to what we were just discussing with the mining information a few minutes ago. But without getting too far in the weeds, the reason some cryptocurrencies pay you to hold your coins is because the blockchain puts them to work performing proof of stake verifications. Uh, Ethereum's one of the popular coins that uses the proof of stake verification method. It's how they ensure transactions are verified and secured without a bank processor in the middle. But also with cryptocurrency, there are things called forks and airdrops. So IRS Revenue Ruling 2019-24 covers both forks and airdrops. A fork is a change in the blockchain software. There's two kinds of forks, soft forks and hard forks. A soft fork is used to add new features and functions. You can think of it as an operating system upgrade. It doesn't create a new coin or virtual currency, and there's no taxable event with a soft fork. A hard fork is a permanent divergence from the blockchain's latest version, leading to the separation of a blockchain. A hard fork creates a new virtual currency, which is incompatible with the existing version. The hard fork itself is not a taxable event. However, when an airdrop is involved, we do have a taxable event. So airdrops are rewards of virtual currency as a result of a hard fork or as a way of gaining attention and new followers to build a larger user base. So it's a way to market the coin. So airdrops are taxable events. They're taxed on the fair market value as of the date of receipt or constructive receipt. So a taxpayer must be able to exercise dominion and control over the airdropped coins or tokens before they're included in taxable income. Sometimes an airdrop occurs in a wallet that's not set up to hold new coins. In this case, the taxpayer cannot sell or exchange new coins, therefore has no dominion or control and no taxable income. The taxable income will come later when they're actually able to access those coins. Most digital wallets such as Coinbase will report your transactions and allow you to download a CSV file or some other file that can be opened in Excel. There are several different softwares available that lets you aggregate all your virtual currency activity across multiple wallets. This becomes very helpful when you need to report your income for tax purposes. So this really becomes helpful if you have a lot of activity track, you're using multiple wallets, you want to use one of the aggregator tools, and many of them will even produce the IRS form 8949 with all the required stock sales details for you, not stocks, virtual currency sales details for you, the proceeds and the gains and losses. You can attach this to your tax return or give it to your tax preparer to do so to help summarize the all the transactions. If you're paying someone to pe- prepare your return, this is going to save them a lot of time, which saves you money. Uh, an example, two examples of software like this, one's Zenledger and another I've seen and used is called Coin Tracker. They'll pull everything together for you and produce that form 8949. So your virtual current your virtual currency sales are reported on form 8949 and schedule D the same place you report sales of stock transactions. So the IRS doesn't treat them exactly the same as stocks. However, the sales are reported on the same forms, Form 89, 49, and Schedule D. So the IRS uses a default reporting method of FIFO, first in, first out, to determine your cost basis. So basically the first coins you buy will be the first you sell. However, you can choose to use specific identification to report your sales if you have the appropriate level of detail. And that means, you know, I bought this particular Bitcoin that's, and I'm selling this particular Bitcoin and you can track the basis that way. It may give you a better result. The LIFO method, last in, first out, is not allowed. 
the IRS does not allow you to use that to report your sales. So it's either the first in, first out, which is most common in the default, or specific identification. There are also reporting requirements for W-2s, 1099s, uh, 1099-NECs, 1099-Ks that apply to payments you made with virtual currency, just like if you were paying with cash. So if you pay employees in virtual currency, you have to report that on W-2s. If you're paying contractors on 1099s, you have to report the value on the 1099s. And it, they're also subject to the same withholding tax rules. You'll be, you are required to withhold taxes on earnings to employees on a W-2, just as if you're paying them in U.S. dollars. So let's touch on how you report certain virtual currency transactions. So the sale or exchange of virtual currency for USD or other fiat currency gets reported on Form 8949. These are virtual currencies you've held for investment. So this applies whether you sold them outright or if you traded one virtual currency for another, like Bitcoin for Ether, or if you spend your virtual currency on goods and services. You've been holding these virtual currencies and now you go out and spend them. You're disposing of them, so you're going to report the gain or loss on Form 8949. If you're being paid for staking, then generally going to report that on Schedule B, just like interest. Remember we talked about staking, that's when you get paid a rate to hold on to certain virtual currencies. The IRS hasn't really given direct guidance on this, but it seems the most logical and it's subject to ordinary income taxes. So that's, we've been reporting on Schedule B. Income from an airdrops, another somewhat unclear area. So what we do is report it as other income on Schedule 1. So if you're getting, and if you're getting paid in virtual currency or if you're mining virtual currency, this will be reported on Schedule C, assuming it rises to the level of a business. So it'll be reported on Schedule C as business income, or maybe you make an election to be taxed as an S-corporation for your mining activities. If you're pretty heavily involved, then you'd report it on the appropriate 1120S in that case. If you're in partnership, maybe you're reporting on a 1065. So it, it really depends on how your business entity is structured when you get to the point where you're in a business entity running some of these activities. If you're paid in virtual currency as an employee and it's reported on W-2, then you report that on your tax return just as any other W-2. You do not have to report moving virtual currency from one wallet to another. That is not considered a sale. You're just taking it from one spot of storage to another. So no taxable event there. So to recap, the IRS views virtual currency as property. Virtual currency can be taxed at ordinary rates, including self-employment income, or be treated as capital gains and losses, depending on the circumstances underlying the transactions. The fair market value of the virtual currency on the date of receipts used to determine taxable income and or your cost basis. There are numerous taxable events involving virtual currency. There's sales, payment for goods and services, mining, staking, airdrops, trading. You really need to know how to report each of those. That about does it for this episode. If you found value in this podcast, please like and subscribe. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening, and I hope you found something valuable that you can take away. We are taking on new clients, and if you'd like to work with us, then go to our website and fill out the client intake form on our contact page. This can be found at thepulisgroup.com forward slash contact. That's T-H-E-P-U-L-I-C-E-G-R-O-U-P dot com forward slash contact.